Welcome back to Round Guy Radio. We've got all kinds of great stuff going on, and including we're going to continue with the coaches' uh, uh, interviews. And this is uh, our first 3A coach. We're talking to the Fairfield Trojans coach, uh, Nate Wheaton. Welcome to the program, Nate. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate you having me. Well, before we get into what, what uh, we're going to talk about here, I want to break some breaking news from the podcast. We've got some really big news coming up. Number one, we crossed 7,000 listeners, and it only took us 16 days to go from 6,000 listeners to 7,000 listeners. And uh, the coaches' interviews, like what you're about to get here, is, is uh, driving things. There's three of them that are in the top ten, and I'd like to congratulate Mid-Prairie's coach, Coach Kavanaugh, because he now has the most listened-to episode ever on Round Guy, the pod, uh, Round Guy Radio. Uh, and... This afternoon, after taking most of the summer off, Round Guy's back. Steve Pilchin from KGGO is back, and he's going to be interviewing Rudy Sarzo, who was uh, Ozzy Osbourne's bass player, Quiet Riot's bass player, White Snake's bass player. He's got all kinds of great stories. But uh, back to the football, uh, we're talking to Nate Wheaton, uh, Fairfield Trojans, uh, well, uh, thanks for being with us, Nate. Uh, I'm going to start you off by asking you about your uh, front line and your tight ends. Tell us about them. Well, first of all, congratulations on the uh, on the huge success with the podcast. I think with uh, with those numbers, I think it's just an honor to be here, and I appreciate you thinking about me. Um, listen, I, I'll start. Uh, love starting up front. Love, love talking about our guys. Um, that really make it happen up front in the trenches. Um, you know, I think this is probably the most size we've had in the last several years up front, Dave. Um, so we're really excited about not just the the size, but the physicality and the speed. All, all of our guys up front, we've got about a nine-man rotation. All of our guys up front um, really put a lot of work into the offseason. You can see it really transfer into the field in terms of their physicality and, and their just their – their lateral mobility, which, which of course is really important as we work scheme and, and do what we need to do. So led really by, um, a couple of our seniors, um, you know, Kenneth and Terrence Craig, uh, twins will be really running, um, leadership up on that front line, uh, at garden tackle. Um, you know, they really come off, um, they've been with us for three seasons now and, and have really improved year over year. So we're really excited to see what they, uh, they can do for us. Other spots on the line are still competing, but we got several guys that are that are really showing some some good signs. Um, some underclassmen, Brandon Brinkschroeder, Caden Allison, uh, Logan Johnson, Antonio Manning. So, you know, we've got guys that are competing up there, which is great. Um, good numbers. Um, so that's that's kind of on the offensive line. That's where we're at. Uh, tight end. We're really fortunate uh, to have uh, one of our leaders now, senior Max Wheaton. Uh, leading at that at that position, we feel really good about. Again, what Max has done in the off season, um, he's really worked hard uh, at some single leg strength work and really working hard at at uh, blocking techniques. We think we'll use the tight end position more uh, in terms of what we're doing schematically for for offense, which is great, not just in the passing game but in the running game as well. Um, Ike Harris is playing there. Luke Conzol, uh, one of our underclassmen. Uh, has been playing at the tight end position. So, again, we feel like we've got some depth and, and feel like we've got some some good opportunity on the tight end side. Well, uh, you had a kid named Casca that I thought was an uh, extreme athlete. Uh, 
uh, that I think he graduated and uh, maybe talk about him and some other players that graduated that you're going to have to replace some of those positions and leadership ability. Yeah, Kaz was a special one for us. Um, certainly a great uh, a great leader. Um, certainly a really great football player. He's up at Iowa Central now, um, having some success, early success up there. So we're just really proud of him uh, and and what he did for our program. I think him, um, you know, Nate Smithberg, uh, who was on the line with him, uh, we graduated. Excuse me, graduated him out. Um, and those were really two of the, of the big ones. Caesar Smithberg was there. Grady Flynn was there. Uh, so we lost some guys up front, but we certainly feel like we've gotten good. Uh, we've got good depth uh, to replace them coming into this year. But Nick was really a special one for us. I mean, he was not just a great football player. He was a great leader. He had great uh, locker room leadership abilities. Um, he led on and off the field. He was a great student. Uh, so we're certainly going to miss him. He was actually just at practice last week, so it's good to still have him around when he's back. Uh, but I have no, I have no doubt the guys that learn from him will step in and, and make a great impact. Well, let's talk about your running game, your running backs, and your fullbacks, and uh, yeah. uh, let's talk about how you're going to utilize uh, the talent that you have and uh, the maybe the holes that the offensive line is going to open up for you. Yeah, uh, without giving away too many secrets, although um, it, there's nothing secretive in high school football anymore. You certainly uh, prepare and plan. We feel good about what we have in the backfield. we got Tate Allen coming back at quarterback, uh, Hunter Shakini coming back at, uh, at tailback, and then we've got a couple guys competing for fullback um, that we'll use in our two-back set. Um, you know, we, we feel this year in our offensive room, uh, when we met in, in the offseason as coaches, you know, we really tried offensively to get better in, in not being predictable. So we've we've made sure that we have uh, items in our running game that we know we can go to to really, really give us options in terms of the run pass uh, balance that we play in a game and use our guys and the work that they've done up front or excuse me, in the off season up front to be more physical and more and, and quicker at what we're doing. Um, so we feel really good about what we've done in the run game uh, in the off season as, as coaches passing game will continue to be good. We've got great receivers on the outside. Tate Richardson coming back uh, as a senior, you've got uh, some new guys and some, some younger guys, Bodie Hoskins, Landon Nodrift, uh that are really, again, put a lot of work in, in the off season that we're seeing, um, have have some success catching the football for us. So, you know, run game wise, we're going to be what we've always been. We're going to be fast and physical, um, and we're going to make sure that as coaches, we do a really good job of of having enough uh, flavor in the run game to not not be predictable. Uh, we felt we were just a little too predictable last year, and so we needed to fix that. And uh, again, in the in the offensive room or in the off season, we feel like we address those issues. Well, uh, I want to talk to you about a player. Uh, I know Tate Allen and uh, uh, your son there get a lot of attention, and they well deserve it. But the Shakini boy, uh, I got to see yeah. your team play last year. We followed him all around. He seemed to be a kid that is always in, in the right position. Seemed to have a good instincts. Seemed to know how to get open. No, seemed to know how to catch passes. Seemed to know how to move the ball. Uh, talk about him. What kind of intangibles is this Shakini, and what does he bring into the table for your team? Yeah, I mean, Hunter Hunter is just a really great athlete. Um, he's got a really high football IQ, um, so he just knows kind of put, where to put himself in the right place. Um, he's a really physical um, athlete, so we can use him on both sides of the balls of, of the ball in terms of, of 
running back on the offense and linebacker on the defense. He's a good uh, lead-by-example kid, so he's a hard worker. He's got a great work ethic uh, on the practice field. And so, he, you know, yeah, I mean, you, you, you kind of you hit the nail on the head. He's a, he's a great athlete. He's a great kid. He's very durable. Um, that certainly helps on both sides of the football. So we expect him to get um, what he deserves in terms of attention. And, you know, that's what you love about all, all three of those kids that you mentioned. Um, you know, they're out there for the best – uh, the best of the team and, and they really work hard together uh, to make sure that the, the team succeeds. But it's great when they have some individual success, whether it's Tate or, or Hunter or Max or the Craig boys. Um, you know, I think we're going to see some really good things out of that senior class this year. Well, let's talk about your wide ends, your, your receivers. Uh, how, how are you going to move the ball? I know Tate, Tate Allen was a very accurate patcher. That was the thing that, that, uh, yep. Everybody that would come on the show talked about was uh, how Tate Allen was an accurate passer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Tate makes good decisions. And I, I think that's a lot of that is spending time with him in the quarterback room, just uh, watching film, talking about pre-snap reads, really understanding and getting his football IQ to where uh, where we needed to be. He's put time and effort into that, and that certainly showed last year. I think it will certainly carry over this year. Um, like I said, he makes good decisions. Um, he knows who his targets are. He likes to spread the ball around, which makes us, again, less predictable uh, in the passing game. But, um, you know, we, we think that he will continue to, to have a good year throwing the football. Um, you know, he's got really good targets in, in max at tight end. Uh, on the receiving core, you know, you got Tate Richardson will be out there for us. Bodie Hoskins will be out there for us, underclassmen. Landon Nodruff will be out there, um, Talon Bates, uh, you know, the list goes on. We've got a really solid receiving core. Um, and so really that benefits us in terms of not having to use the same guys uh, and wear them out. So we think we'll, that provides some good longevity to our, to our offense and defense, not having uh, as many guys have to play both ways. Uh, we're really proud of that fact. When numbers are up in our program and, uh, you know, there's huge benefit in having – and having higher numbers, and uh, we hope to see that come the season. Well, let's take, take a look at the other side of the ball, and we'll start in the same place, the the, uh, the defensive line. How are we looking on yeah. the defensive line? You know, again, we look uh, size. Again, I, I go back to, to just size. Um, I think we're bigger and we're more agile and more, more athletic than we've been in years past, and that's a credit to the guys and the work they put in the offseason. You're going to hear some of the same names. Um, defensive line, you know, Max Wheaton, Craig Boys, Brink Schroeder, Caden Allison. Um, we think we look really, really strong, really physical. Um, Sam Wheaton, uh, underclassman, will play on the defensive line for us. Um, so we think we're, we're deep and we think we're, we're good uh, in that respect. We have a, a new kid uh, that hasn't been with us. He came out this year. He's a junior, Carter Moore. Carter will be a really good one for us on both the offensive line and defensive line. Um, and so we, we feel really good about where we're at up front. We're going to be fast. We're going to be physical. Um, and so we, we, you know, we're excited about what the defensive line uh, could potentially show us coming into the season. Well, let's go to the linebackers. How's the linebacking core looking? Uh, linebacker core looks good. Some young guys, Hunter Shakini, uh, will lead that, will lead that group. Um, we feel really good about what he does uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Miles McAtee will, will be really good for us, uh, linebacker. 
uh, Luke Conzal, underclassman. He's a sophomore. We were really excited about Luke uh, and the progress that he's made uh, over the offseason from his freshman to sophomore year. Uh, Tate Allen, you'll see in the linebacker core. Um, so these guys are really, again, they're really good uh, in terms of their football IQ. They're, they're really good. Coach Miller, uh, Coach Orn, our defensive coordinator, Coach Miller, our linebackers coach, do a really good job of of making sure that these guys know where to put themselves in terms of the right place to make a play. Uh, and at that point in time, it's up to them to, to go do it. And, and so far it's early or a week, a week into practice and, and uh, just a few days in the, in the seeing guys in pads, but we're really pleased with what we see in the linebacker core um, in terms of their physicality and, and putting themselves in the right place to make a play. Well, the, the backfield is also very important. Uh, you need speed, you need agility, you need smarts, you need to be yeah. able to play, you know, you need to be able to play the, the design play that's going on. And uh, yeah. maybe you need some ball hawking skills. Uh, yeah. And you be able, you also you got to be able to make tackles in the open field, you know. And, and if yeah, you, you do, you they don't score. And if you don't, they do score. So yeah. uh, what, yeah. what, what's that last line of defense like for the Fairfield Trojans? That's a really good, uh, really good point. We've spent a lot of time uh, coming into pads uh, with our skill guys, uh, defensive secondary guys, in a in a pretty intense tackle circuit, and that is really working them in that open field tackle, uh, making sure we keep guys in front of us. Um, really working with those safeties to keep the ball in front of them, you know, from a ball hawking standpoint. Um, and we feel really good about what they've done so far. Um, you know, same names that you, you heard kind of on the offensive side in the rotation. Uh, Talon Bates, um, Bodie Hoskins, uh, Tate Richardson, Kaysen Miller, um, Kevin Dorothy at the safeties. Um, these guys really have worked hard uh, at understanding, again, improving their football IQ to make sure they put themselves in the right place, but really working hard on being physical and being the – not the last line of defense, but the line of defense uh, before a play gets broken and, and taking pride in being able to, to stop that if, if, in fact, it gets up there. And their ball skills have really uh, have really impressed us the first week, week and a half. Um, Casey Miller uh, looks really good at safety. Uh, Kevin Dorothy looks really good at safety. And so we think we think those guys will, will provide us a really good uh, level of defense in that defensive secondary. Well, last year your team took a, a, a real step forward, you know, uh, got off to a great start, put some wins on the board, you know, and uh, uh, I, I, I'd like you to comment on, on what that did for your program. And I also want to talk about sharing some of the uh, credit to some of these uh, assistant coaches that you have and talk about how they, you know, they, they're helping implement what you're trying to do and how what you're trying to do has uh, resulted in, in, in a lot more wins than you've seen previously. Well, listen, I, I, I would tell you, um, honestly and genuinely, most of the credit uh, goes to those assistant coaches. I mean, those guys put the work in uh, in terms of, you know, the day-to-day um, activity. You know, offensive coordinator Joe Cruzich, defensive coordinator Woody Orn, uh, Dane Cool, Steve Miller, Brian Dunlap, uh, Terry Allison, new addition to our staff this year, Bud Blakely. Um, you know, those are the guys that really – um, that do, do the work. I think when you when you think about what's happened uh, over the last, this will be my fourth year coming in as head coach. Um, you know, we really focused that first year on making sure we established a really good base level of trust and, 
and love in our program. You know, to get the we feel the best to get the best out of our guys. Uh, they got to know you. They got to know that that they can trust you, and they got to know you love them. Um, whether they they do great or whether they maybe put themselves in the wrong spot. And so I think that first year that was really our our uh, our baseline. And uh, maybe our record showed that that we paid too much attention to that going 0 9. But we knew kind of going into it. I mean, we were 0 9 first year. Um, you know, uh, one and one and five, one and six the second year, uh, or excuse me, two and six the second year, COVID year, and then last year we felt it was the real turnaround year for us. Five and four um, could have easily been six and three uh, or seven and two. Just uh, made some some mistakes. Um, really feel like we could have could have won that Washington game, um, but they just beat us playing football. Um, credit to them. But these kids, I think, have really bought into to the long term program. We saw it in the weight room this summer. Um, you know, we were averaging you know twenty five to thirty guys in the weight room over the summer, uh, buying into both the speed and strength program. Um, and so we just really feel like the kids have taken ownership of of the culture that they're building um, and and how they're building it. Um, they've really established their core principles in terms of you know, their mindset, um, they've really focused on the mental side of their game. They know they want to be physical. They know what they want to be able to trust one another. And so I think when you add all those things up in the program, even at 16, 17, 18 year old kids, um, they really start to, to buy. And we, and again, credit to our coaches, credit to our administration for, for providing uh, the right opportunities for us. We've seen numbers go up. Um, you know, we've had the most kids out for football that we've had since I've been here. Um, this year, which is really exciting across the grade level. Uh, we've got 15 seniors in our senior class this year, which is the most we've had. Um, and so we're just really proud. But I'd say last year's senior class, I said at the at the banquet last year, if if, if what they're known for is the, the time, effort, and energy that they put into taking their lumps and getting to a winning season, um, if that's their legacy, they should they should be really proud of themselves. And I think that was really the, the launching pad um, for for these guys uh, coming into this season to say now we can really take it to a to another level if we stick to what we've we've built over the last few years. So well, you, you um, took over a, a team with a very proud tradition of winning and excellence, yeah. and uh, you know being one of the teams that really competed every year for you know a state tournament bid. Uh, to a team that was, you know, in need of a rebuild, in need of a, a, a new direction. And I want to thank you as an alumni of Fairfield Trojans for reestablishing, you know, uh, and getting our team back into a winning tradition and, and, and some a team that we can all be proud of. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about the community sport. It does seem like uh, last year we really seen a big rally of support from the community and people were talking about the Fairfield Trojans with pride in their eyes. And uh, I want you to mention a little bit about like community support and, and how the boosters have helped your team uh, and how, you know, the, the attendance has helped the team and stuff like that. Well, uh, you know, a packed stadium is always a pretty fun environment. You don't, you know, whether you like it or not, you don't pack the stadium unless you're having some success and, and the kids, you know, again, started to have some success. So we started to, to see some reinvigorating uh, of the community. It's, it's more fun to be out um, when you're doing, when you're having some success, you know, our community went through some pretty, uh, some pretty rough times last year, which always, 
you know, is, is you hope for a good rally around tragedy. And we had, uh, you know, we unfortunately lost one of our, one of our own players to, to suicide uh, during the year. Um, Of course, you know, everybody by now knows uh, the tragic loss of one of our teachers um, in the school that happened during the football season. And we really, we really tried to teach our kids as tragic as those things are that, uh, you know, that we can be part of the, of the solution to really rally around and hold leadership and, and, um, and, uh, you know, honor those tragedies by trying to bring the community together. And we feel like that that's, um, you know, Friday night football is a great way to do that. And we saw that last year. Um, it makes you feel good. Um, you know, tragedy is, is tragedy. And, um, but we think our, our community and our guys really tried to focus on rallying around those tragedies and learning from them and improving off of them and making our community better. And, uh, you know, as a football coach, uh, as a dad, um, I was just really, really proud of what everybody in our community did um, around those things. And, and like I said, the tragedy aside, when you're, when your community is that involved and you are seeing people talk about the program with pride and excited about coming out on a Friday night, um, I'll tell you, it makes, it makes coming out of that tunnel uh, that much sweeter. Uh, it makes going back into that tunnel after a game and after a win that much sweeter. Um, and so we're just, we're, we're excited to build off of that this year and hopefully have more and more success and, and, uh, and, and we can't wait to share that with the community. Well, how can our listeners follow your team this, this, this exciting season you're about to embark on? How, how can listen on the radio? Is there streaming service? Is there social media, newspapers? Who's all covering the Fairfield Trojans this year? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, KMCD covers us on the radio. Nate does a really nice job play-by-play. Uh, play. Uh, this year we do have uh, the new the new huddle system. Uh, the new huddle system provides a camera uh, that ties directly back into live stream. So that'll be um, that'll be done this year, which will be a nice addition. I don't have specifics on that yet, Dave. So don't get ahead of me and, and get technical on me. But I know it will be available, and we'll publish that through newspaper radio. Uh, we'll come out with that through the campus uh, messenger. We'll get it out into the community as to as to how people can can watch us if they're not able to come to the game, but social media, uh, I'm not a huge social media coach. Uh, coach Doherty at Fort Madison's become a great friend of mine. And I told him this year, preseason, one of my goals as a coach was to be as good on social media as he is. And so far I, I haven't, I haven't gotten there. He's pretty good at it, but we'll get there from a social media standpoint. Um, that's important to the parents and the kids in the community. So, um, by the time the season rolls around, you will have plenty of opportunity. Our fans will have plenty of opportunity to see what these kids are doing on a Friday night. Well, let's talk about the schedule. Uh, who's you know? We'll talk about the teams that you're playing. Let's get list some of the home games, and then I want to specifically hear about some games you got circled as maybe going to give you some trouble, maybe uh, some competition, maybe some yeah some games you're looking forward to uh, playing against. Well, we're, you know, we're, uh, we've got five home games this year. Uh, when you got five home games and you're only on the road four times, that's, that's certainly something to look forward to going back to the community, you know, certainly something our community looks forward to. Um, we come right out of the gate with one of our most important games, both emotionally and physically for us. We play Mount Pleasant right out of the gate, uh, on, you know, that first game, uh, on the 26th, that'll be at home. 
that's again one of our biggest rivalries. Uh, Coach Striegel has built a heck of a program over in Mount Pleasant. They'll always be tough. They'll always be physical. Um, it's a great rivalry game. So something to look forward to right out of the gate. Um, coming at home, we go to a tumble the second week. Um, we feel we feel really good about having a tumble back on the schedule. Um, we come back at, back home on the ninth uh, against Fort Madison. Listen, Coach Doherty, I got a great deal of respect for him as well. He's built a heck of a program at Fort Madison. Um, moving up to 4A gives us a, a, the ability to play them in non-district play. From our perspective, will always be a competitive game. He's got my number the last few years, so we're hoping to be really competitive with him this year as he comes back to Fairfield uh, to meet him at home. Uh, and then we go to Knoxville for our last non-district play uh, on the 16th. Always a, a strong physical football team in Knoxville. We'll see a different uh, defensive front typically uh, than we see in our district play. So be a good good chance for us that week of practice to be able to adjust to something that we don't maybe don't normally see in, in district play. So Knoxville always gives us a good physical uh, battle. It'll be a great game. And then we open up district play uh, on the road on the 23rd against Keokuk. Uh, and then back at home on the 30th against West Burlington, uh, which will be homecoming week for us uh, in September. As we get into October, um, we've got um, three just really tough uh, ends ending games to the season. We got Solon, Washington, and Grinnell. Listen, uh, can't say enough about those programs. Can't say enough about what they bring to the table in terms of um, just game planning, game scheming, great coaching staffs, all three of them. Um, so we've got Solon at home. We go on the road to Washington on the 14th, and then uh, we end the season, the regular season, with Grinnell at home. Um, you know, it probably sounds crazy, but um, we think we're going to see a battle, and we think we're going to see a great, a great football game and great football team every single week, and that's how we prepare our guys. Um, every single one of those coaching staffs that I mentioned um, has been there and has had success. And, and so we will prepare and we don't think, we certainly don't think that there will be any uh, contest where we think, Hey, um, you know, this is going to be something that we can with, with our experience and our size and all the great things we talk about um, every single week, we're going to have to be, be prepared to be our best uh, to walk away with a win. There's no question about it. Well, it sounds like you start out with a whole lot of four uh, A schools and then it just doesn't get any easier when you get into the conference, does it? Yeah, I mean they got a, they got a really tough schedule. Um, so you got two, you got three four A schedules in, in non district play, and then uh, you know Knoxville, of course, is is three A, and then you run right into district play. And, and again, all of our district, we got a really strong district um, in terms of of where we're at: Keokuk, West Burlington, Solon, Washington, Grinnell. Um, again, that's there's no easy week. Um, we certainly don't. We don't anticipate anything less than a battle every time we come out on a Friday night. So we're excited about that. Um, we're preparing our kids for that, and, and we think it's going to be a good season. Well, I know uh, Scotty Melvin says uh, both Mouse Pleasant and Keokuk look like they're vastly improved over last year, too. So even the yeah. teams you're going to play that didn't have the good records and, and that uh, – is it Burlington, Notre Dame you play, or West Burlington? Yeah. West Burlington, I, yeah. I've been hearing from other coaches that they, they seem to have a – a team to reckon with. So I guess there's no, there's not, nothing easy for you here on this schedule, is there? Nope. There is nothing easy on the table. And again, I mean, these, these coaches credit to them. Um, 
I mean, they've been at it for a lot longer than I have, most of them. And, and, uh, and so, you know, you're going to get good, good preparation. You know, you're going to get good, uh, good competition. And, you know, I think we're, I think our program's a testament to it. I mean, we were on nine just three years ago. And, uh, and this year we feel like we've, you know, we've really improved from a culture standpoint and really improved from a number standpoint. And so you can't judge, you can never judge a team based on what's happened in the past. You got to prepare to be your best every single week. And that's exciting. Well, we're down to about a minute left. Is there anything we didn't get to talk about that you wanted to talk about? No, I think you've, Dave, I think you've covered it, man. This has been a really great uh, conversation. Well, uh, you know, your everything is going in the right direction. Your record's going in the right direction. The, the talent's going in the right direction. The, the people in the stands are going in the right direction. The community sport's going in the right direction. And uh, we here at Round Guy Radio, uh, we wish you a very successful season. And thanks for being with us. Well, we appreciate the time. And, uh, and Dave, uh, anytime. Well, we'll reconnect. We'd love to do that. We'll definitely be getting back with you through the season and through the playoffs. So thanks for being with us. Yeah, thanks, Dave.